5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Game day in Pirate Nation. We've got ECU and... UNCW tonight from Wilmington, and uh, we'll bring you coverage uh, beginning at uh, 6.30 on the network tonight, 7 o'clock tip. Uh, we'll lead you in out of this show into that, so uh, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement here today on the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B-Baby Byram is uh, producing the show today. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. We've also got uh, Chris Cook. A.K.A. Cookie. What's going on? <laughs> C squared. DJ C squared. The goat. Uh, here as well. All right. Well, Cookie has long contended. By the way, on the show today, uh, we'll talk to. We'll have the Houston huddle for you. Coach Houston uh, joined us this morning on the uh, Talk of the Town program. Uh, I think next half hour we'll hear uh, that segment for you. And then uh, coming up. I believe in our next segment, we're going to have uh, Jimmy Bass, who is the uh, ECU, one-time uh, ECU uh, Associate Athletic Director, Assistant Athletic Director, now the AD for the last 10-plus uh, years at UNCW. Of course, uh, Pirates play in uh, Wilmington tonight. Um, that didn't take long with uh, Baker Mayfield, did it? Yeah, picked but, up uh, today by by the Rams and uh, Cookie. Is he still a bum? Yeah, I think he's one of the. I mean, he might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. Ben, at least it's been a starter. Look, I, I think he accomplished a lot. The Panthers, you know, only got him for like a fifth round pick. He comes in and gets Matt Rule fired and dips. I mean, I think that's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> oh, he got done what you wanted him to get done for sure. Yeah. So you'll he, he from that standpoint, Ben Byram would put him in the ring of honor, is what you're saying. Oh, to Ben Byram, he's winning. Yeah, I mean, might as well put him in the ring of honor. You know, the, the, this ring of honor needs bodies anyways for the Panthers. Might as well put <laughs> Baker in there. That was a significant moment. So Baker uh, Mayfield's great achievement is uh, he got Matt Rule shown the door. Yeah, I mean, did we ever play? Did one? we ever? Did we ever play the audio, Ben, where Matt Rule talked about, you know, the rebuild? If if I knew it was not going to be a, you know, a long, it was indeed not going to be a long term rebuild. We would have done different. And I had no input on draft picks and this and that. Did we ever play any of that audio? I know we had some. Did we ever play any of that? Yeah, the I, other got, week? I put some together, and I don't think we ever used it because it was kind of a busy week. But can uh, you I find? Guess. Can you find that? Where he's specific, uh, at, I think what you got was with Rich Eisen. Um, yeah. Did he do another podcast, or was it just Eisen? He was show on. He, he was on Game Day as well. The day it was announced that he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he was on Game Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he he was on somebody's. Oh yeah, I think he was on a uh, he was on a local show in Charlotte and talking all kinds of junk. But I mean, it was okay. it, if you, if you saw it on one show, he pretty much said the same on another. So. 
I got you. Well, find find those cuts and tell me what they are because I, I want to see if we can, you know, since you're besmirching the name of the new Nebraska coach, see what we can uh, find out. Okay, uh, I got it. I got it. All right. Well, before we jump into anything else, then let's go and uh, remind me what the cuts are about, Ben. There's one where he kind of alludes to what I just talked about. So do you have that one ready? So the first, to go? yeah, the first one he asks about um, if he could do it over again, would he get a quarterback? And that was his response. Would he or would he not? Um, there's another one that asks what exactly went wrong in his mind in Carolina. And then the last one is what you're referring to, saying he was there to build it long term and not short term. Well, let's play that one first, then. Uh, it's great to see Sam Darnold go out there and, and play well. Um, but I think you look at the future of that team, I think it's Derek Brown, Brian Burns, D.J. Moore, J.C. Horn. Um, you know, we were building it to, you know, uh, no no huge trades and signings, no blockbuster trades to, to try to get to next year and, you know, try to hopefully win this year, get to next year, and, um, and, and maybe make a big move or two and, and be a, a power team in the league. And so... Um, I think Scott Fitterer, the GM's done a great job. I mean, they're they're uh, they're still in contention in the NFC South. They're three and one in the NFC South, and and um, you know that was my job to try to help build a team that could win the NFC South. The mistake I made, Rich, is we you know we didn't, we just didn't win enough. You know, you have to win enough uh, in years two and three to be able to stay. I would have loved to stick around longer. Um, kind of you know I was one and four, kind of like uh, Ron Rivera was, and. Um, I would have loved to stick around longer, but everything happens for a reason, and I'm in a really good place, and I'm grateful to Carolina. I know he's in a really good place. He's making a boatload of money out there in Nebraska. How Do about you, him, uh, comparing his situation to Ron Rivera? That was kind of wild. Well, I think he meant the same record. when the I, there, there, That whole thing and all the cuts, there was a lot of subtle digs here and there. I, I, I have you play that just to say this. Uh been and that is how is it that you want to come down on uh this guy when they the panthers have clearly not had a plan going back to ron rivera's last year there there's no plan there's been no plan in carolina zero plan well i um i won't come on down to i won't come on come down on him too hard excuse me uh because of one factor and one man and that's david tepper and uh, Matt right. Rowe has made that known. The uh, the owner, especially for the Carolina Panthers, has a lot of say, and he's he's made that known in these uh, these uh, interviews here recently. And just knowing what we know about David Tepper, that does, does that come as a surprise to you? And look at all it the moves not, David Tepper has done during his tenure. They have not been great moves. There hasn't been a lot of great moves under David Tepper. It just seems like that it would be wise to have a plan. And I, I just, I don't get where, you know, Tepper's succeeded at business. If, if you consider success, what he's done monetarily. And obviously from that standpoint, he's very successful. I guess he thought that that same approach would carry over to how he runs his football operation. And it just, it is not. Well, I'll say, but this. he's one. Matt Rule has uh, has a point because they signed him to a seven year deal. So apparently they did have a plan, but it went all it went all out the window after year three, and they decided to abandon that plan. So uh, see, it never went out of the year after it, it went out the window in year one. The seven year plan or the multi year no, plan? No, no. Matt Rule actually in his first year was not a bad head coach. He actually there was a lot to be enthusiastic about. 
under Matt Rule in year one. You remember that offense was clicking very well with Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule in year one. I mean, we were getting in shootout games with the Chiefs, who were the reigning champions at the time. So, I mean, that, that, that he fixed a lot of problems head on um, year one. Then you lose Joe Brady, and then you can't figure out the quarterback position. And then we're finding out the owner has a lot of say when it comes to draft picks. So. Where did it go? Where did it go wrong with Bridgewater? Was that in that year you're speaking about? Yes, that was the first year under Matt Rule was Bridgewater. Right. Bridgewater got but, hurt. But I mean, uh, that was that. Was I understand kind of that. Problem. He got hurt. They had got off to a good start. He hurt his knee, and he was never really the same coming back. Yep. And things seemed to d- devolve, and because of whatever the reason. During the course of that first year, the back part of it, the idea, the plan went out the window because then they were quarterback chasing. Yeah. They got Sam Darnold. That didn't work out. Keep in mind, no offensive line until uh, till this I, year. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you've abandoned the plan after going out and getting a different quarterback each year. Yeah, yeah. And not exactly great quarterbacks by what we would measure as great quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. So I, until there's a plan, and I'm not even sure there's still a plan, but until there's a plan, doesn't matter who's coaching, doesn't matter who's quarterbacking, doesn't matter who the offensive line is. And look, you have to win more. It's a bottom line business from that standpoint. But the ownership did no, did a disservice to whoever was going to be the head coach, Matt Rule or, or, or whoever. They seem to have some semblance of organization now, but I don't know what the plan is. Still, well, they had a plan for Rock Hill too, <laughs> and that went out the window. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I mean, it seems like this guy has a lot of plans, and they just never come into fruition for whatever reason. They did. They did have a plan for Rock Hill, and it went. It went sideways. All right, uh, we've got uh, probably won't do all of these cuts. Sorry, Cookie, but uh, you're good. I did. I did want to. Uh, we, we've looked and been no movement that we've seen on the portal. You know, it was wild yesterday. A lot of five star guys for UNC. Devin Leary getting into the portal. May has not gotten into the portal, contrary to what the uh, spoof Twitter accounts are out there reporting. You get fooled by those blue check marks, don't you? You can pay for them now, Patrick. I I don't know about that, Ben. I. I I mean, oh, no, you can there's some people. Him. No, no, I, I'm just saying there's some people that have, we know, have paid for blue check marks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of them around we, here. And we know people who, before they cracked down on this, could pay to get followers. We know entities that paid to get followers. Yeah. I mean, like, I know one that had their Twitter taken down and somehow they had thousands of followers within days, despite being a small market local media company. But hey, hey, hey. So uh, nobody that we have seen, God, we nobody we have seen in the um, in the um, portal since what a couple days yeah, from the ECU no, perspective. No, no new developing news when it comes to the portal right. or anybody entering. So we didn't have the chance this morning to ask uh, Coach Houston about any of, of of that as it pertains to Avery Jones. Uh, he was asked about it in his media availability yesterday. We'll play maybe a, uh, a cut or two from that as we do a pirate report for you right now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. 
All right, here it is. Uh, Coach says they have a lot of depth up front on the offensive line. You know, fortunately, we have you know really good depth uh, on the front, uh, and so we got uh, a couple of quality guys that uh, are doing did a, did a phenomenal job today. And so, um, you know, that's going to be the focus is just uh, you know the guys that uh, are excited to be competing in the bowl game. Uh, you know, they'll be ready to go. And uh, then coach was asked about Xavier Smith not playing in the bowl game. Okay. Um, Xavier had a great career here. Um, wish him the very best. Uh, I hate that he's not with us. Uh, but again, I just want to keep our focus on the guys that are going down to Birmingham playing in the bowl game. And then uh, he talked about the motivation for the team to win the game. And get the win. Nine years since ECU's won a bowl game. And before that, I think it was 07 was the last bowl win before 2013. So it was that last 15 years there's been two bowl wins. Um, so there's a lot of motivation because we're you know playing uh, the first bowl game since uh, 14. Uh, there's a lot of motivation to uh, go down there and get the win. So those are some of the comments from Coach Houston. We'll hear a little bit more from him uh, coming up later on. We've got ECU tonight uh, taking on uh, UNC Wilmington. Uh, big uh, rivalry matchup in basketball. They are uh, meeting for the 64th time tonight. So uh, last meeting came in 2020. Pirates won a uh, high-scoring affair in overtime, 88-78. UNCW won the last meeting in Wilmington, which was back in 2018, 95-86. The home team has won uh, each of the last six meetings between the two. We'll grab a uh, break, and when we uh, come back, we'll have uh, for you... Jimmy Bass will join us, director of athletics for uh, UNC Wilmington. He's announced his retirement. Uh, So we'll talk to him about the game and some of the things going on uh, in the world of uh, UNCW and uh, a little bit about his time here at ECU. Jimmy Bass on the other side. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Coverage of ECU and UNCW tonight from uh, Wilmington continues on here. Jimmy Bass, a couple of tours of duty in uh, Greenville in a career that is uh, into its fifth decade in college athletics. The UNC Wilmington Director of Athletics. He is uh, retiring at the end of the uh, uh, academic uh, year. Good enough to join us here on the phone uh, in advance of the game tonight. Jimmy, it's great to talk to you always. Really appreciate the time. Patrick, thank you for having me. And it's a, it's a great day. It's a great day anytime that the Pirates and Seahawks compete. And um, uh, we're, we're looking forward to a great contest tonight. Coach Schwartz talked about uh, this yesterday and that uh, the current basketball series has a couple more years on it. The games uh, will be in Greenville. With the way that uh, it is, is lining up conference-wise and, and scheduling can be so tough, especially for those two basketball programs for different reasons. Uh, I, I hope it's something that could continue. I don't know how involved you are in it with uh, your 10 as a, as a short timer, haha. But, uh, 
you know, as far as continuing that, I, I really do hope it's something that will be strongly considered down uh, the road after the next couple of uh, games are played. Yeah, my, my entire 12 years here, obviously I came to uh, UNCW from Greenville, and uh, I, I think it's a very healthy series. Uh, it's a great rivalry. We have a number of fans that always travel to Greenville to watch the game. <laughs> Obviously, Wilmington is a hotbed for the Pirate Club, and we fully expect there to be uh, an overflow of uh, Pirate fans tonight in Trask Coliseum. But, no, I, I think it's healthy for Eastern North Carolina. It's very similar the way uh, the Pirates have always talked about competing against other in-state schools in football. Obviously, we have a wonderful rivalry in, in baseball mm-hmm. with Cliff and uh, Godwin, and who actually got his coaching start with Mark Scaff decades ago here. And uh, But, no, I think it's good for the universities. I know Chancellor Philip Rogers is, is going to be in attendance tonight, and Chancellor Valetti is hosting him. And I know that there's been a lot of good-natured ribbing back and forth, but <laughs> yeah. I hope that the next administration will work. So John and J.J. and Coach Schwartz will work hard. I know Coach Siddle is all in favor of continuing the series with East Carolina. Uh, Seahawks have a good team this year, too, uh, playing really, really well. Winners of five in a row coming into tonight. What what has uh, been so successful about this group and Coach Siddle? I remember talking to him when he got hired a few years ago uh, on the uh, statewide radio program at the time. He had just come from NC State down there and, and how excited he was to get uh, going. What a job uh, he has done. Uh, what's made this team successful so far in the early season? No, I think the culture, and I, and I mean that very sincerely, he's working hard. Uh, he came here uh, during COVID. He never even had a formal press conference when he landed in Wilmington. Uh, we struggled through that first COVID year, but ever since then, um, you know, he, he, he teaches the kids. He teaches them about life. He teaches them about basketball. He teaches them about teamwork. He teaches about having a great locker room. He teaches them about loving each other. And I think it, uh, that, that hard work came to fruition last year. Obviously, we were able and very fortunate to, to win 27 games and win the CBI championship at the end of the year. We're able to build on that. Uh, this is by far the most talented UNCW men's basketball team in my 12 years here at UNCW. They're still feeling their way. They... Um, uh, are trying to figure out a rotation. He's got 12 guys who play, and I think that's very unusual at the Division One level, but uh, it keeps everybody happy. And again, I can tell you we have a great locker room, and I think that's one of the keys. Um, uh, he, he's building an all-around program that he cares about the kids, and the kids know that he cares about them, and so they play their hearts out. UNCW Director of Athletics Jimmy Bass uh, with us here, Patrick Johnson Show, ahead of ECU and UNCW tonight from Trask Coliseum. I uh, want to get back to some things with, uh, with UNCW and in particular how you see uh, college athletics going uh, in just a bit. But uh, your time uh, at ECU, uh, the first go-around in purple and gold, when was that? Who did you work for? I guess the first time was with Dave Hart uh, years ago, and um, we—I uh, was actually in charge of the marketing program, and uh, so—and and I was fortunate enough to be able to do some uh, uh, for three years. I was uh, in charge of football operations, mm-hmm. and uh, I was—I uh, proudly sat beside that Peach Bowl trophy on the way back out to Atlanta Hartsfield Airport, and I hugged that thing all the way to the airport when Bill Lewis was there. So yeah. I, that, back when. 
that, that great time when uh, We Believe was popular. Yeah. And then uh, Mississippi State, I know, was one of the stops. She had a couple of other stops in there before you returned to Greenville. Yeah, and I, it worked out very well. And I was at Mississippi State, and Terry Holland called and uh, offered a wonderful opportunity. And, and I can tell you, and, I, and I'm really proud of the fact that uh, I was there during arguably two of East Carolina football's uh, greatest eras. Obviously, yeah. when Bill Lewis was there. And then again, when Skip Holtz uh, won two consecutive Conference USA championships um, and, and did such a wonderful job building the program. So uh, Greenville and East Carolina and Purple and Gold is very dear uh, to Sarah and me. Our son, Corey, has two degrees mm-hmm. uh, from East Carolina University, uh, was a long snapper on Skip's uh, championship teams. And uh, so we have very fond memories and, and, and love East Carolina University very much. You'll like this, uh, Jimmy Bass, UNCW uh, Director of Athletics with us here on, on the line. Coach Logan uh, made it back to a game this year. Uh, Skip Holtz made it back to a game this year. Uh, I believe the UCF game, if I recall. And uh, we've had Doug Martin on quite a bit uh, this year. He's kind of uh, semi-retired, let's say, living at the beach. Not a bad life. You know about that, living at the beach. Not semi-retired, <laughs> but living at the So it's not a bad life. As you know. So I, I think that's really one thing that has been fostered by, by Mike Houston and, and John Gilbert is, you know, even, even though those names weren't directly connected to, to their uh, team or to their, uh, you know, tenure, uh, it's still a very welcoming environment to get the, some of those names of the past, as you mentioned, involved. So that's kind of a cool thing. Well, and, and I still remember, and, and I never worked directly with these folks, but having been there, I remember I, we were at a football reunion one time and Sonny Randall was back. Mm-hmm. And I saw those grown men crying and hugging Sonny Randall and thanking him for turning them into the men that they are today. Obviously, Pat Dye, I was in high school in Eastern North Carolina with Pat Dye had all those skinny legs, little, little guys <laughs> running around and they were beating everybody in America. And yeah. then, uh, so, so there's a wonderful tradition there. And I, and I think that's one of the, um, uh, really great things about East Carolina is they embrace that tradition. They embrace the individuals who contributed to the history and the legacy. And, and that's a wonderful thing. And they should never let that history go. We're talking to uh, Jimmy Bass pirates and Seahawks on the uh, hardwood tonight from Trask Coliseum in Wilmington. Uh, Mr. Bass, of course, the uh, director of athletics the last dozen of years in uh, Wilmington, and uh, he'll be uh, retiring at the end of this uh, athletic season. And uh, I- I'm sure enjoying the good life, uh, which is richly deserved. Uh, let me, CAA is going through a lot of changes, and uh, we've talked to some of the, the basketball coaches, you know, who are leaving their respective leagues and headed to the uh, the Colonial. It's, it's, uh, it's really interesting, uh, some of the teams that are, that are being brought on. And there is a little more regional, uh, you know, side to the schedule, particularly for UNCW, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, that, that's intentional. We started uh, almost two years ago. Um, the, the CAA is very much a president and chancellor driven um, association. And uh, we, we, we spent a lot of time uh, on Zoom calls and uh, determining and trying to make a strategic plan of where these presidents and chancellors wanted the CAA to go. And, and yes, some of the tenets of that expansion were uh, working toward uh, divisional or regional play. <clears throat> they were very focused on uh, 
theoretically keeping kids in the classroom more and trying to avoid as much missed class time as possible. Uh, obviously, developing rivalries. One of the things that's very important to us at UNCW uh, is our home court, home field advantages. And so we want people to come out. We want them to bring their children. We want them to buy tickets. We want them to support the Seahawks. So, so that fed right into uh, where we are. We, we do very well at our graduation rate. Uh, the public recognition awards that the NCAA uh, offers every year, we've consistently been uh, recognized for academic uh, progress and, and excellence. And, and <clears throat> you know, I think I saw somewhere recently, I think we've won 32 uh, CAA championships over the 12 years that we've been here. We, we hope that we can add one more men's basketball championship <laughs> this year, mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament again. But I think, um, you know, the CAA is positioning itself. We have 13 schools this year. Campbell comes on next year, give us a 14th. And right now, I think the uh, thought process is to sit on 14 and see kind of where the uh, landscape of college uh, Division One athletics goes with all the challenges with NIL, the other situations that are going, uh, the Austin case and the Austin payments that are, that are, that are being uh, prepared and given to student athletes. And it's just, a, it's going to be a very challenging time. But I think the CAA has positioned itself uh, very well to, uh, 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 have excellent programs in, in men's basketball, women's basketball. I think both the soccer leagues are going to be really good. And I'm telling you, the baseball affiliation uh, with Charleston and UNCW and Elon in there. And then you add programs like Campbell mm-hmm. and Stony Brook. Stony Brook's been to the College World Series in the last 20 years. Uh, it, you know, baseball in the springtime is going to be a challenge. And I know Randy Hood uh, has put together a very challenging schedule. Uh, for this spring, which includes two games with East Carolina. Really quick, uh, with the NIL, since you, you brought that up, uh, Charleston, by all accounts, particularly in basketball, has done really, really well with the NIL or, or it's gearing up to do really, really well with the NIL in your league, according to, to people I've talked with. Uh, so, you know, that's the, the, the times they are changing. Everybody kind of, I think, associates it with football because of the, the season we're in. But, I mean, basketball – there's a lot of, uh, you know, possible money out there for, for student athletes. It's, a, it's an evolving deal. I understand it's, it's kind of a moving target, if you will. But as you look at the NIL, what are your thoughts on it initially? And, and kind of what are those thoughts on it as it's, you know, a year plus into this kind of a wild new experiment in college athletics? Well, let's add one more variable into this conversation and thought process. And that's the transfer portal. Right. Um, you know, that somebody told me last night that there are 700 Division One football players already yeah. in the transfer portal. There are, yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, you know, it, it, it's a challenging time. I, I think even the very top programs, Texas, um, Alabama, Michigan, all those top programs, at some point, the revenue streams are going to start drying up. I don't know where it's going. I mean, obviously, there's a brand new television contract that they're all uh, uh, going to be uh, using to help uh, um, uh, continue to build the programs and provide resources to their student athletes. They're 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 working on donors. I think I saw John Gilbert say a few months ago. He told the trustees there at East Carolina that he's worried about donor fatigue. And and when you've got mid-major programs like UNCW, that uh, we have tremendous challenges. You know, we need to upgrade our facilities, and so. How do you figure that out? How do you balance between continuing the continued rising cost of scholarships and, and running your program day-to-day salaries 
compensation and benefits, and then also upgrading, renovating, or creating new facilities. Um, <clears throat> for, for mid-major programs, um, I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge to continue to operate the programs at a high level. Um, but, again, I'm old school. I think there's value to education. I think there's value to bring in um, a, a, a kid as a freshman. I think there's value to uh, turning out a, a, a mature man or woman um, at the end of four or five years that uh, is ready to work and be successful uh, and create their life after they can't play anymore. So <clears throat> I think uh, it might be a good time to let somebody else uh, <laughs> deal with those issues and those problems uh, beginning April the 1st of yeah. 2023. Yeah. But, it, but it's, uh, we all love college athletics. It's not going anywhere. But folks are going to have to get together and uh, slow that train down somewhere. Couldn't make it down there tonight. I'm, I'm hoping to get down there and see you guys uh, play at some point, uh, you know, after the calendar flips because uh, it's a great environment, Trask is, but uh, – a lot of friends down there, and a lot of fun. We'll have a we'll have a friendly wager on tonight. The winner, uh, I'll, I'll either bring you some barbecue or you get me some flaming Amy's, depending on how it all plays out. Tonight. We'll do. I'll take you to get some good seafood too. <laughs> oh, no that'd problem. be. I, I, I'm down with that anytime. Uh, Jimmy, great to talk to you. Congratulations on a on a tremendous career and uh, continued success for you and your family. Continued health. Patrick, it's my pleasure to be with you, and hope you and all your listeners have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. All right. Uh, great to have Jimmy Bass on. Good stuff. Okay, uh, a break. Uh, ben with a, an update, and we'll come back and uh, get into our Houston huddle. So stay tuned. You're uh, dialed into the Patrick Johnson Show. Here is Ben B. Baby Byram with a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update. Thanks, Patrick. Some breaking news from the NFL. Baker Mayfield, recently released by the Panthers, will now be claimed by the L.A. Rams. As Matthew Stafford is dealing with an injury, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was revealed to be dealing with a PCL injury. He'll be out anywhere from a week to three weeks. And Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo does not need foot surgery and that if he rehabs properly, according to doctors, he could be back in about seven weeks, making him a possible playoff contributor. ECU learned on Sunday they'll face Coastal Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl on December. December 27th. Back-to-back bowl seasons for the Pirates has them working in December again. Coach Mike Houston talked about the upcoming bowl game. Prep down. So we'll practice uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. Uh, and then come back and go Sunday, Monday, uh, Wednesday morning next week. Uh, and then we'll give the players some time to go home, see their families, because uh, with Christmas and the bowl game falling where it does, you know, want to give the, the players a chance to go home, see their families, you know, celebrate Christmas together as a family, uh, and then they'll come back. Uh, we'll practice, I think, three or four days here, uh, and then fly to Birmingham and uh, finish up bowl prep down there. The Pirates have played in Birmingham twice before. They lost there in 2006 and again came up short to Florida last time there in 2015. We'll have more of Coach Houston coming up in our Houston huddle on the other side of this quick timeout. In the meantime, Pirate basketball hits the road tonight for a tough test at UNCW. The Seahawks welcome ECU into Wilmington as they're flying high at the win streak. East Carolina coach Mike Schwartz knows the environment in Trash Coliseum will be as tough as the team the Seahawks put out on the hardwood. 
Big road trip for us. We know it's uh, going to be a great challenge. UNC Wilmington, great program. Uh, Coach Siddle's done an incredible job building their program and, and a really hot ball club right now. Hot team won five games in a row and do a lot of, a lot of really good things on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be a great challenge for our guys in a hostile environment. Coming up at 6 o'clock, I'll lead you into network coverage with Jeff Charles and Coach Michael Perry and take a deeper dive into the UNCW Seahawks. Then at 6.30, network coverage begins with Jeff Charles and Michael Perry live from Trask Coliseum. And then 7 o'clock, play-by-play coverage begins right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. In the meantime, on the other side, we'll hear from Coach Mike Houston in our weekly Houston huddle right here on the other side on the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! <laughs> or tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach, Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today! As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy and Vital Care of Greenville. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. All right, Mike Houston with us earlier on the Talk of the Town program, your encore of that market uh, exclusive for 94.3 The Game and IBX Media. And uh, we started off by asking Coach Houston about uh, a really good opponent in the Birmingham Bowl and uh, taking the guys out there to spend their Christmas in Alabama. Well, it's just it's great to be back in uh, bowl contention, uh, second year in a row uh, to be to be a part of the bowl season, uh, and that's just you know something I never ever want to take for granted. Um, you know, just you know seeing things and going through things. Uh, you know, in the beginning of my time here. Uh, it's it's great to be a part of the postseason. So uh, excited about the Birmingham Bowl. It's a it's a great bowl. Uh, you know we'll be playing in a in a brand new facility, uh, brand new stadium, and uh, you know a different experience uh, for our student athletes. You know we had the the fantastic experience of the Military Bowl last year, uh, all the way up to the day before the game. Uh, unfortunately, not getting to play the game. Uh, but, you know, they had the experience of D.C. and everything with the Military Bowl, and so it's great for our student-athletes to have a different experience, uh, you know, being able to be a part of the Birmingham Bowl. And so excited about that. And then, you know, facing a nine-win uh, Coastal Carolina team that's, you know, one of the better, uh, arguably the best team in the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, they, they played the last couple of games this year without their starting quarterback uh, or with him banged up in the last one without him in the one before. But, uh, and, you know, expect him to be back healthy. So, you know, we're going to see, you know, one of the better uh, non-Power 5 teams in the country. Uh, so it's going to be a challenging matchup. And, and, you know, they're right down the road. So it's a regional matchup. So uh, a lot to be excited about and uh, a lot for our fan base to be excited about and looking forward to December 27th. Coach, what's your, what's your travel schedule going to be? When will you guys leave for Birmingham? So we'll leave on the 23rd. Uh, to fly down Friday the 23rd, we'll fly down to Birmingham, uh, get there. They, they have some uh, events for us that night, uh, and then we'll practice the next couple of days there in Birmingham before the game on Tuesday. All right, great. Well, uh, we're excited about it. Uh, I'm looking forward to being down there, and uh, I'm sure Patrick's got some questions for you. Patrick, take it. 
Hey, Coach, good morning. Uh, congratulations on uh, heading to the Birmingham Bowl. You mentioned the bowl schedule as far as travel, practice uh, resuming yesterday after uh, the uh, the week off. How do you think the week off uh, maybe has helped sort of refresh this group? And, and what does the practice schedule look like between now and when you do depart? Well, I think it did. Uh, last week did exactly that. It, it uh, gave everybody, everybody, coaches, players, everybody, a chance to uh, refresh, uh, kind of reset, refocus. Um, I thought uh, we had great energy yesterday at practice, and we looked really, really fresh. You know, the guys were really running around with a lot more uh, zip yesterday, and so I think the week off was good. Um, you know, we'll practice, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday this week, uh, take Saturday off, uh, come back uh, next week and go um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. Tuesday is just going to be a walkthrough, but uh, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday morning will be practices. And then the, we're going to give the players some time off uh, to be able to go home and spend time with their families, uh, celebrate Christmas, uh, you know, before Christmas kind of deal, uh, before coming back and practicing uh, that week of uh, December the 19th uh, up to leaving on the 23rd. So, uh, you know, some practice, some time with family, and some practice before we leave. Uh, you know, the thing for the the coaching staff is it, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a grind all the way to the 27th because recruiting signing days on the 21st. So any day that we're giving the team off, the coaches are on the road recruiting, uh, solidifying our commitments. Uh, we have official visit weekends each of the next two weekends. Uh, so it's going to be a busy, busy month for the coaches, but the the players will have a combination of uh, some time off and practice. Yeah, busy time of year for a lot of reasons, undoubtedly. Uh, Coach, uh, the extra practices for the younger players in your program, uh, again, maybe something that's sort of cliche to talk about, but I I don't think you can understate when you are uh, building a program towards a championship level, having this time, this time of year, and, and having some time to kind of further develop those guys is really really key. Well, that that that's that's really the focus of this week. Um, it's uh, you know this week you know certainly our travel team guys are getting some reps, uh, but like yesterday's practice, we spent just a tremendous amount of time, just individual time, fundamentals. Um, we got our, our young guys got a lot of reps, you know, team reps yesterday that you know normally they're running the opponents' schemes. Yesterday, they, you know, we spent time with them running our stuff, and that's what we'll do throughout the week. This week is, uh, you know, really taking a look at some of them because that way you kind of know uh, where they are going into the winter and spring practice, uh, and you know, you know, you're really you're able to identify, you know, any areas that you need to shore up uh, over this next, uh, you know, two months with recruiting and, and uh, additions to the roster. So, uh, you know, this week is is big, 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 big piece for that. <clears throat> Online with us here, our Houston Huddle. Uh, Coach, uh, what is the uh, the early scouting report on Coastal? They've got a, a dynamite quarterback. They have been a little nicked up here. There's the obvious coaching uh, transition and uh, an interim taking over before Tim Beck uh, assumes the, the role as the head coach. So a little upheaval uh, and, and a disappointing end of the year, but this is a talented roster. What can you tell us about uh, Coastal? Well, I can I can tell you that when Grayson McCall, who is the reigning three-time Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year, 
uh, you know, when 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 he is healthy, they're nine and zero. So that's why I can tell you, uh, it's a veteran team. Uh, you know, all these guys are are redshirt seniors, redshirt juniors. You know, it's an old football team. Uh, Chad Staggs, who is the interim uh, head coach. Uh, has been there uh, with Coach uh, Chadwell the entire time. I, I, I know uh, Coach Staggs very well, and uh, he's been the defensive coordinator. Um, he will remain calling plays for the bowl game. I think he's going to stay on there uh, at Coastal. Um, you know, the, the offense coordinator, Willie Korn, uh, you know, we, had, we anticipate him to be calling the offensive plays. So, you know, really don't see a whole lot of change from what we've seen on film. Uh, and, you know, what we've seen on film uh, is, is you know, a nine-win football team. So, you know, uh, McCall got hurt against Appalachian State um, uh, late in the year, uh, did not play against uh, Southern Miss, James Madison, uh, either one of those games, uh, came back and played against Troy, but it was obvious he was not healthy at all. Uh, and so, you know, the un- unfortunate thing for us is I expect him to be completely healthy uh, for the bowl right. game. So, uh, you know, we're going to see a, a dynamic offense. Uh, uh, we're going to see, you know, Chad has done a great job with the defense there. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see a very aggressive, uh, sound, physical uh, defense. They're very good up front on the defensive line. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's a really good football team. It's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a challenging matchup. And, you know, you know we'll have to, we'll have to play really, really well, uh, you know, to get the win. So, um, it's going to be a great challenge for our kids and one that we're excited about. Coach, just a, a couple quick things. Uh, Holden Ayler's, uh, you know, what a what a gutsy year he has had. I, I'm sure as much as anybody, he's benefited from the uh, the, the the week off. How's Holton uh, coming along? And uh, obviously, there'll, there'll be a lot of emotions and uh, a lot going through his mind. I'm sure as he heads into his final game as a Pirate. Well, he, uh, you know, he, he, like a lot of our guys, you know, needed the time off last week. And, you know, I, I just talked to him a little bit yesterday as we were on the field and, uh, he says body felt, uh, felt really good. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he benefited from, uh, some recovery time and he had, he had a little bit of a bug last week. And I think that, uh, kind of knocked him down a little bit. So he, you know, he appreciated having some time off, but, uh, you know, he, he, he's excited about the bowl game and, you know, he's like a lot of these older players. They've never played in a bowl game. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, we got we got one or two players on our entire roster that have ever played in a bowl game. So um, you know, it's a, a experience that he's excited about, and something that uh, you know our entire roster is excited about. And you know, just uh, you know, it's it, it's you get the the stage that we're going to have. You know, being a night game. Uh, you know, being an ESPN game. Uh, you know, right there around the holidays, you're going to have a lot of eyes. Uh, focused on the on the pirates and uh, and coastal Carolina, so uh, it's 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 exciting. Yeah, coach. One more thing, uh, Keaton Mitchell, first team, uh, and obviously a, a superb year for uh, for Keaton Mitchell, and uh, the, the first since Justin Hardy to be back to back first team in the Americans. So uh, pretty high level stuff there for for Keaton. Yeah, it was, it was great for Keaton to receive that recognition. Um, I was, I was a little ticked that we didn't have more representation on the all-conference team. I'll yeah. be honest. You know, yeah. we're a seven-win team. Agree. You know, you, you don't you don't win seven games without really good players. Uh, and so I, I do feel a little bit disrespected for our for our student athletes from uh, the number of selections we had. But you know, certainly Keaton had an outstanding year and was very deserving of first-team honors. 
Coach Mike Houston and our Houston Huddle brought to you by Optimum Business. Coach, good luck to you. Thanks for coming on this morning. Again, great to see you Friday morning. Thanks for changing your recruiting schedule to, to be with us on Friday morning. I hope it didn't cost us a player. But I appreciate. No, no, no. I got, I got them all in. I got them all in. It, it was a, it was a long day, but uh, you know, I made it back to the house about ten o'clock that night. But uh, we got, we got it all in. Well, thank you for doing that. It meant a lot to have you there, and we appreciate your, uh, your support on that. And uh, we love you. We appreciate all you're doing, and uh, go Pirates. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. All go right. Pirates. Okay. Mike Houston, there today's Houston huddle. A quick break. We'll come back and wrap up uh, the Wednesday version. Uh, excuse me, Tuesday version of the Patrick Johnson Show right after this. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Very uh, warm down in Wilmington today. Mama Johnson was down at the Working Man's Beach today. And uh, saw stingrays washed up on the shore, Ben. Oh, wow. Yeah, 71 degrees down there today, working man's beach. I'm here with you schleps. Got flip-flops on. Just chilling out there. Why no? I mean, you're... It's not the beach, though, is my point. Uh, UNCW. Four and a half point favorite tonight. They have won 23 of the 30 matchups played in Wilmington. And are 42 and 21 all time. Birmingham Bowl uh, official online shop has a hoodie, Eastern Carolina Pirates. They say they are working on it. It never ends. East is shorter to right, isn't it? I mean, it's like East is quicker to right. It'd be, yeah, it'd be easier shorter. to right East than Eastern. Yeah. How about that? You think the Eastern merch ends up being on discount? They still try to sell it? That I, I think it's like the runner-up apparel for the the non-winning apparel oh, for the World Series or Super Bowl. I think it goes overseas to countries that need to clothe people, yeah. That's probably what they would do. Panthers, would. 2015 Super Bowl champions. Uh, the people in Raleigh are pining for Philip Rivers to come and be the offensive coordinator for the Wolfpack. I think that's what puts them over the uh, the edge. I think that's what gets them in the college football playoff in the future. Philip Rivers. He was good at state. You know, they were be a good coach. They were going to go this year, but you got to play the game. You know, on paper, they were the dark horse. All right, uh, Ben, are you doing the show next? Yep. Well, Pirate Game Day countdown, so I'm done. Okay, good. Yeah, beat it. I'm done. I am. I'll be back tomorrow. Scheduled to be joined by Cy Seymour. We'll see. Uh, Enjoy the Pirates at Seahawks. Go ECU tonight against UNCW.